With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. You're listening to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Now, here's Justin Fielder, Derek Stafford, and Tyler Schaefer. Hello and welcome to the Husker CuzCast Sports Show. Justin here along with the cousins Derek and Tyler. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Husker CuzCast for all podcast updates and more. It's a big win for the Huskers. Uh, we got a 52-7 win over Fordham this weekend. Uh, it was a great win. First win of the year for Scott Frost and the Huskers. Uh, Tyler, what can we take away from this game here? Well, I think Nebraska did what they needed to do. Um, I don't think they exceeded anybody's expectations, I, but I think whenever you control a game and you win 52-7, to and we'll get into this in the stats, I think they did what they needed to do for at least one week to quiet some of the critics. Derek, what was your reaction to the game? All right, well, first off, let's let's talk about this should at least make the run the ball happy, run the damn ball guy happy. Like six rushing touchdowns, 324 rushing yards. I mean, it wasn't a perfect game. Could have been better. But again, like Tyler said, we did what we needed to do. We won by 45 points. I I, I people are still complaining, and I don't get it. Well, Derek, let's talk uh, about the running backs, uh, the running game here. Uh, Gabe Irvin, he got the start. Uh, not a lot of success was there with uh, Gabe Irvin. Marquis Step, he comes in, 18 carries, over 100 yards rushing. He looks like he could be the guy. What are your thoughts on the running back room right now? Well, I, I, to me, I think Sevian Morrison passed up Gabe Irvin. I know the depth chart, we're going to talk about that here in a little bit too, but the depth chart don't show that. But, hell, he had two rushing touchdowns. It looked serviceable. Marquis Stepp looked good. Uh, Gabe Irvin, I, I wasn't impressed with him. I, I, maybe it's the true freshman thing. I, I think he's got potential, but it's, he's, he's not reaching it yet. Tyler, in your eyes, is Gabe Irvin even the, one of the top three running backs on the roster? Tyler? Oh, do, do I think he's one of the top three running backs? Right. Yeah, it's tough to say. I mean, I, I I made a comment on Saturday that I don't know if he's one of the top five running backs on the roster. Um, he, <laughs> you know, and, and, and in all seriousness, I think the depth of that position looks incredible right now. But what I will say is Gabe Irvin, I think there is a element of this can, that can be chalked up to freshmen. Um, you know, it doesn't look like it's an athletic thing. It looks like he's the right size. It looks like he's athletic enough. He just doesn't seem to have the vision in the scheme yet. Um, I know there's a lot of people that really want to see him pretty much buried on the depth chart. I, I'm fine with the coaches trying to find him a couple series of real game uh, to get him some carries because obviously they're seeing something in practice. It is not translating the Saturday. Um this upcoming week against Buffalo is another opportunity to maybe give him some game reps before you get into the heart of the season. But uh, yeah, I mean, right now, um, Sevian Morrison, Derek mentioned, obviously 
all the the accolades go to Marquis Stepp, who has clearly looked like the number one guy. But I mean, you could say Ramir Johnson, Marvin Scott, and Jacques Yant, I think all look to be more productive than Gabe Irvin so far. So you're starting uh, Marquis Stepp? Yeah. 100%. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. Uh, you know, Tyler, you talk about him struggling for the first two games. But I, I, and I'm not saying he is this, but there was a point when Wondell Robinson was a true freshman, and I said we needed to talk, think about redshirting him because the first two or three games, he didn't look that impressive. And so, and so I mean, give the guy a few more games, I guess. But, but, but again, yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with him. So the staff, you know, they've said repeatedly that they want one guy, one go-to guy uh, moving down the, down the road, right? And it sounds like there's going to be a little bit more of a running back rotation here headed into the Buffalo game. Uh, I mean, is, is that something that you want to see, Derek? I'm fine with it if they're successful. But, I mean, if you got a guy that's getting two yards of carry... Maybe maybe he's not the guy to go to. Should not be in the rotation. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, I, I guess uh, one of those things, you know, against Fordham, I, if you can't get the running game going against Fordham, I mean. And, I, and, I, and I'll say this, like, give Marquis Step that 18 carries a game. Like, every game, give him those carries. Yeah, exactly. That, that's, what, that's what I was going I, I don't with care. If, 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 you wanna, if you want to rotate after that, that's fine. But yeah, give Marquis Step those eighteen carries. He's just he appears to at least to at least to, to deserve them. I mean, so I, I don't know why you wouldn't. Uh, let's talk about quarterbacks here. Adrian Martinez had one hell of a game. Uh, Tyler, what, is, what what are your thoughts on Adrian Martinez against Fordham? Yeah, played really well. Um, nothing taken away from Adrian. Still probably carrying the ball too much too early uh, for my liking. Um, you know, he had eight carries on Saturday, which against Fordham was too many. Um, looks good running the ball. I mean, again, nothing that Adrian's not doing. Um, played a relatively clean game, had the one fumble, which, you know, going back on it, looked like that was supposed to be a bootleg that Gabe Irvin may have tried to take the ball away from Adrian, um, or Adrian tried to give it to him. I guess, I don't know what happened, but the, the play call was a bootleg that should have required Adrian to keep the ball and yet look like there's a handoff miscue. So, but played a clean game looks good throwing the ball downfield. Justin, you were big on this to start the year. I mean, I'm not saying he is Patrick Mahomes out there, but he is completing 50% of his passes on 20 yards plus balls. Um, had one overthrow to Wyatt Lever that looked more like a bad route than a bad overthrow. So I, I mean, a, Overall, he is playing fairly well through the first two games and played really well on Saturday. Well, Logan Smothers, we got our first chance to see the backup quarterback. And I thought Logan Smothers, I thought he came in and he did beyond okay. I mean, he was he was good for his very first action uh, in the game. Uh, Derek, what were, what were your thoughts on Logan Smothers? Yeah, I mean, he threw four for seven. Uh, I, I think Xavier Betts kind of bailed him out on one of those with a great catch. That was a great catch. But but I mean but at the end of the day, look, he he's serviceable. I, I don't feel as concerned if Adrian Martinez were to go down for a little bit and had we had to rely on him. But I still don't like him long term yet. Terrible fumble that he had, huh? Oh God! <laughs> Is it just etched in Nebraska's DNA that the quarterback has to fumble a damn ball? Like this My, has been a problem. This has been a problem for 
way too long. Hey, Taylor Martinez struggled with this. The only quarterback I think that didn't really struggle with it was T- Tommy uh, Armstrong, and he he just threw interceptions. He, he didn't fumble much. My my joke to you guys when Logan Smothers made the fumble, I was like, "Wow, he must have the same quarterback coach as Adrian Martinez." <laughs> it made me laugh. <laughs> damn it! Uh, I don't know that. I don't know how much that's on coaching. Like I don't know. Hold on to the damn ball. It, it was a joke, first, man. It, well, I get it, but his, his first mistake was turning his back to the defender. Yeah. Like I just just slide, go down, whatever. There was there was no reason to try and try and juke him out of that tackle. I mean, it was it was it was Logan Smothers trying to make like make a little more out of something that wasn't there. Tyler, did you like what you saw out of Logan Smothers? Yeah, I think the agree. I mean, I agree with everything you guys have said. I you know he played about I you know I was probably a little bit no no I mean I, he was fine. I mean I, I mean he was about what I expected to see against Logan Smothers. Something notable about that too is he was still playing against Fordham starters. Like this wasn't like backups on twos on twos at this point. He was still playing against the Fordham's ones, and yeah, I mean I, he moved the ball well, uh, led drives. Obviously, the fumble killed one, but you know I think when Logan Smothers went in the game, Justin, your preview, you talked about when the backups started getting in, you really thought our offense was going to uh, kind of slow down and the scoring was going to stop. Then I think he kept the train of moving pretty well into that fourth quarter and. Ended up playing well. Um, I think the coaches did a really nice job with him, giving him some passing opportunities with not running up the score. Like I think there was that fine balance between giving him, giving him like relevant game reps where he's not just handing the ball off. Um, he threw it seven times, looked good throwing it. He has a decent arm. Nah, I was I was happy with what I saw of him on Saturday. Hey, even Matt Masker got a handoff. Yeah. Hey, what do you guys put behind that anyway? I mean, did they just put Matt Masker in there? Just to get him on the field, I mean, because he's maybe his save, chances are running out. I, maybe I assume so at this point. And maybe like, save the four games for Harburg is kind of what my thought is. If you're not going to play Harburg this year, you might as well try to redshirt him. And are you going to blow one of his four games on the very last play? One play. I mean, I don't know if we're going to need those four games for Harburg, but well, you, that, know. you know what? That, that's a very fair point because we've been critical of Scott Frost in the past, like. Uh, personal Ramir, management Ramir you know, Johnson guys and, at, yeah yeah exactly and, and so I think that that that's what I read of that is like hey we're gonna we're just gonna run it out get master in for the final play and save those four um four games for Harvard in case Adrian goes down um yeah I, I want to go back to one thing that you had mentioned with Logan Smothers going against uh Fordham's you know the top defense I'm gonna use this as an opportunity to give a huge shout out to that linebacker uh, Ryan Greenhagen. So he was credited with 31 tackles today. Not 30, 31. I mean, that is which insane. Break, which breaks a Division One record. Yeah. That, he, had t- he had tied it with a 30, but they went back and found an extra tackle in there for him, so he broke the record. God, it's, it's, it's impressive. You know, Marquise's steps reaction to that postgame, if you haven't seen that clip, was just priceless. <laughs> that was hilarious. He's like... He had 30 ta- – shut up. I mean, he just his jaw had dropped. And, you know, he he was a good player. I, I don't know what his future is, but, man, he, he looked like a real player. And, you know, if he wasn't on the field for Fordham, we may have gone for 80. Like, I mean, he made a lot of plays for them. Um, and He had 13 solo tackles. And 17 assists. Well, was, plus the an, another one in there, too. But Yeah, he was all over the field. All over. Um, so, yeah, great game by him. 
let's talk about wide receivers real quick because a lot of wide receivers got into the game. Uh, Tyler, I'm going to give it to you. This is the best I felt about wide receiver depth. I thought that going into the year, um, I think Fordham really displayed it. Um, you know, you look at some of these plays. Omar Manning was second on the team in snap count. He continues to impress me. He started on Saturday. Um, he went three for three, uh, three targets, three completions. Um, I, I really hope his playing time continues to go up. Uh, Xavier Betts came in, I thought played really well. Lante Brown had one of the best jukes of the game. Um, I, I, I mean, I really do. I think when Oliver Martin's back healthy, I mean, we are looking at a six to seven person um, wide receiver room. And I would love to see like Alante Brown really start getting some more meaningful snaps as the season uh, progresses. Is uh, Samori Toure, is he taking over the Wandale Robinson where he's going to get all the targets and run the ball? I, I don't know if that's accurate. I think that when Oliver Martin was at game one, yeah, he was. I, I think it'll be really interesting when um, Oliver Martin and Samori Torre gets on the field and then Vokalek gets back in the line. I think that you start adding more weapons. I It will be interesting to see what Martinez and the coaching staff do with all these weapons on the outside. Derek, your thoughts on the wide receivers? Well, I, I want to go back to your Samori Tori comment. I mean, Tyler brought it up already, but, I mean, Oliver Martin was the go-to guy in the Illinois game. So I don't know how one game all of a sudden makes you think he's going to take over for Wondell Robinson. Well, I, I guess I mean that because he's running the ball. He had three rushes on the option plays. Uh, he's yeah. running the ball. You know, he's catching passes. He's kind of like doing it all. I mean, and he, the numbers that he put up were awesome on each side of the ball. You know, I mean, oh, absolutely, absolutely. So that that, that, that was that comparison right there because Wondell Robinson was the guy that was running the ball and catching the ball. So, uh, I mean, I, I guess uh, I, I don't think they're going to force the ball to Samori Tori the way they did Wondell, though. I think we have enough weapons now that they don't have to do that. Uh. Before we move on to defense, is there anything uh, that worried you about the offense in this game at all, Tyler? I, I would still say offensive line. Um, you know, we, we kind of beat up uh, Gabe Irvin a little bit, um, but I think that a lot of that has to do with the offensive line just not quite being there. And and I get this offensive line isn't going to put 95 Huskers holes in the play, but they're 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 still just not getting the type of gaps that I would like to see. Um, you know, again, a lot of these guys are still under ten starts in their career. They're still really young. Um, I think they will continue to get better. Buffalo is going to be a big test for them. Buffalo is a game where okay, let's third game in the season. Let's start seeing this go a little bit more than we've seen it. And um, you know, the pass protection really wasn't perfect. I really wanted to see Adrian be completely clean the whole game. It wasn't that. So th- that right there is the only real concern leaving the Buffalo game, uh, assuming they found Marquis step at running back. What about you, Derek? I mean, I, I agree uh, with what Tyler said there. Uh, the slow start still a little concerning. Yeah. Uh, but I'm not going to read too much into the slow start. I, I get why people are, though, because – if you, have a, if you have a slow start against Oklahoma or uh, even Michigan or Ohio State. Buffalo. You're, even Buffalo. I, I think Buffalo 
you have a chance you could probably come back with. But some of those other teams, there's no chance. If you start off slow and they take a big lead, I don't think you're coming back. Yeah. And, you know, I'm Mr. King overreaction on everything. But I'm I'm with you, Derek, on the slow start. Because this is a game, you know, when we did our preview last week of Fordham, I mean, we acknowledged this is just a huge mismatch. I mean, it was going to be dominant. Derek, you had asked a question last week. What do we want to see? out of the punters do you, do you want to see a 50 yard punt or no punts well we had to punt twice and neither one went 50 yards <laughs> but uh yeah it's just you know we were punting and it's like my god why, why aren't we moving the ball against this fordham defense because there were times where the fordham uh defense i mean they were pushing our line back and apparently adrian martinez he had to get into the offensive line's asses on the sideline, and they stepped it up after that. They responded well after that. So, but it just, it just took a while for that to happen. And not that I felt like we were ever in jeopardy of losing. I just, I didn't. It was just like it took way too long to get to that ass whooping at the end of the game, like uh, what it ended up turning out to be. But, but well, and maybe Adrian Martinez getting on the offensive line in this particular game. Is the wake up call that they needed, and, and may, maybe that carries on for a few for the next ten, twelve, ten games. Yeah, uh, but yeah. So, anything else about the offense? All right, let's hit up defense here, uh, Derek. What are your overall thoughts on the defense in this game? Ah, man, I, I think this was actually the most disappointing. Everybody's disappointed. The offense started slow. I, I was more disappointed in what the defense did in the first half. Man, they got they kind of got gashed there quite a bit. Uh, there was one play I, I know that receiver made just a spectacular diving catch. Oh, that there was nobody. The one handed tip. Yeah, yeah. But there, but there but there was nobody covering him. If that quarterback throws a good ball, that's four. That, that's another seven points on the board. Uh, they they had a few big runs on us. I wasn't impressed with. Uh, they, they, I'll say this. Everybody, everybody always bitches about uh, Scott Frost and his staff not making adjustments in the second half. They did a good job this game because, man, this looked like a completely different team in the second half. Yeah. And they were completely dominant in the second half, the way they should have been the whole game. But overall, I'm not going to complain. So Nebraska gave up 292 yards, which, I mean, it was Fordham. They probably should have held them to less. Uh, but this is the sixth game in a row that Nebraska's given up less than 400 yards. And, I, and that that's showing mass improvement to me. Okay. I, w- I want to say one thing about one of their offensive guys, just mainly because he has a really cool name, that wide receiver, that Fotis Kokosoulis. <laughs> man, he made, some, he made some moves out there, man. He was quick out there. He did. Uh, he, did. He, was, he, got, he, got, he got knocked down a couple times too, though. I, yeah. he, got, he took some hits. He, he was a little dude. But he he was fast. He was fun to watch. I, I, his touch, his touchdown pass, the one touchdown they had, was all on him. Like it was a good throw. I'm not saying it wasn't, but he evaded those defenders like they were just completely yeah. lost. Yeah, uh, the, I think it was uh, Markel Dismuk that he ran around there. <laughs> it was kind of like a arcade move. Uh, yeah, I thought the defense, especially in the second half, they really uh, kicked ass. But I will say one thing about Fordham. They were not intimidated coming into Memorial Stadium. The coach, uh, I've, shoot, I forget his name, but you know, the fourth-year coach, 
he wasn't intimidated. They showed him on the sideline and he just he just seemed like he knew what he was doing. It seemed like that they'd been in that moment before. And they acknowledge they've never been in that moment before having, you know, that many thousands and thousands of people at a game. And uh, it was good. I mean, they, they gave a one hell of an effort in the first half. And by the, you know, by the end of the sec by the end of the first half, we beat the shit out of them. I mean, they were beaten down. Uh, if they didn't have the energizer bunny dude in uh, that linebacker, it could have got really ugly. Like Tyler has said, Tyler. Well, it, okay, so you talked about them not being intimidated. And I, and I will say that I think the days of, like, college football teams for the most part, like, an FCS team isn't usually intimidated by a, a Power 5 team. Like, Montana, I mean, there's just been too many of those victories at this point for people to be scared. App State, you go back when they beat Michigan, I feel like college football changed at that point. Like, these FCS teams, instead of going in there just to – you know, get that one big stadium and look like, I think they are, they have changed their mindset to this being a moment for them. So I'm not shocked by that. I'm not shocked that Fordham came out playing. Also last week, we did say Fordham had an opportunity. Their offense was really good and, and that our defense was able to shut them down the way that they did was very impressive. I mean, I know they got some plays early, but like, especially later in the game, our secondary blanketed them. Deontay Williams had that one interception and I, I think I made the comment, if that was Tom Brady and Randy Moss and that coverage was that tight, it still was going to be an interception or an out-of-bounds because there was no chance that that was going to be completed as much as he was blanketed there. Um, so overall, really good game. They, they were opt- opportunistic in turnovers. Uh, but the thing that actually got me the most excited was the rotations we saw. Like, you saw at defensive line, 11 different players taking snaps. Um, the Ty Robinson led the team with 26 snaps at defensive line. There was a lot of rotation up front. That's going to tell me in Casey Rogers isn't back healthy yet. When that when he gets back, that defensive line looked really deep. Um, I, I thought that uh, uh, the some of the uh, linebackers started to play pretty well. A lot of players got on the field that we hadn't seen. A lot of snaps. A lot of rotation. I like what this team is doing with the depth that they're building on defense. Um, it is far deeper unit than the offense at this point. Let, let, let me let me ask you this: Did, did uh, Atava Mauga Clements did he did he buy time for more, for more playing time after that game? He's or was a quick it just, dude. Dude, he, he looked good when he was in. He really did. He, the, my my concern with him has kind of been the concern to get there is like. Maybe against an Oklahoma, maybe against a Purdue, but man, you put him, he just isn't big. Like, he, he has an eye for the ball, he is aggressive, he goes right at it. I just, you put a Wisconsin running at him, He I don't know what he weighs, but he looked like he was barely 200 pounds. Like, so, and I, and I, I don't know, I mean, I, I loved what I saw from him. He played a really good game, nothing away from him, and I, I hope we do see him some more against Buffalo and maybe the Oklahoma's that teams that spread it out a little bit more, but because he does look like he can make open field tackles and really aggressive. I just, I'm not buying him in Big Ten play yet. So I was talking to Uncle TR to, uh, this afternoon. We were talking about the game, and uh, he brought up uh, Tiva Maga Clements, and, you know, and he was really impressed with what he saw. And then he found out later with the snap count, like he had like just like eight snaps or something. And I was like, wow, that's, that shocks me. But you know why everybody notices him on the field? It's the hair. 
He's got the best hair on the damn team. So everybody knows when he's on the field, whether or not he's making a play or not, he's, you just know that he's on the field. Yeah, but you have to admit that's fairly impressive that you have two tackles, two great tackles in eight plays. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I know. I mean, that percentage is pretty damn good. It, and I think when we were talking about the defense, we, we, I mean, we probably did a disservice for, for not mentioning Justin's favorite Husker, Deontay Williams. Hey, but, two interceptions, man. I mean, it was definitely it was definitely the best game he's had since being a Husker. Yeah. There's no doubt about it. Speaking of interceptions, can you believe that JoJo Doman? That's his first interception. He's been playing at Nebraska for 17 years, and he finally gets an <laughs> interception. I was shocked by that stat when hey, he said that. DiCaprio Boodle played 45,000 games before he got his first one. Well, but JoJo JoJo is a good tip drill. Um, Mark held this mute came in for a block punt uh, or block field goal. Um, yeah, I mean, re- really good game by the secondary. Yeah, and, and that dri- that was a huge play by JoJo Doman because that drive, you just felt, I mean, Fordham had some mem- momentum going. It just felt like they were going to drive the field and score again. And he got the tip, came again, down with it. it. Wasn't it on the first drive? I, I don't think so. I, I will tell you, probably yeah, whatever it was, right. it felt like they they, they were it, driving it was, the it, field. I'm, I'm pretty sure it was before they had scored. Because I think it was in the, I'm sure it was in the first quarter. And they didn't score until the second quarter. But either way. The so point I'll is, t- they t- looked like that they were on their way to score. So I'll tell you the most impressive uh, defensive series uh, for me on the game, the, the, the sequence. We, we hold them second half. We go into halftime 24 to 7. That's about what I expected. Nothing to be alarmed on. They get the ball at halftime. We hold them to three and out. Uh, they punt it. We, we, Cam Taylor Britt does a really stupid play, fumbles a punt. They get the ball back inside Husker territory. And then I and I I'm, and I, I should have looked this up because I had meant to, but I think that's when they, we hold them to another three and out, and then they go for it on fourth, and Deontay Williams gets the interception. And again, that was a point in the game where they were on in Husker territory, like that could have been a point in the game where they score a touchdown, and then all of a sudden this game gets a little bit more dicey. If if they pulled that within ten points at that to hold the team to two three and outs in a row. Um, after back-to-back series, that that's that was an impressive stand by this defense. Um, and something they didn't do against Illinois, they did not come out the second half strong. And they, you know, I think thirty-four yards is what they gave up in the second half. They played much better in the second half. I, I really hope that's a trend as the season goes on. All right, you guys ready to talk about our next opponent? Let's right. Do it. All right. The Buffalo Bulls will be coming to Lincoln for a 2.30 kickoff. Uh, big winners over Wagner. They won 69-7. to Wagner's a FCS team that's also in the Patriot League, the same conference that uh, Fordham is in. Not a very good team. So I don't know what you can take away from this team other than it was an ass-whooping, but, I mean, it was Wagner. Uh, Derek, what are your thoughts on... Uh, Buffalo coming to town. Well, just just to add on to that, I mean, I'm gonna steal some Tyler stuff here. Uh, I should have you know, given this the, to Tyler first. Huh? <laughs> we both looked this stat up, so so I'll, I'll leave half of it for you, Tyler. I'll try to anyway. Uh, 
last year in 2020 or the 2020 season, 2021 spring season that they played, they were 0-2, and in those two games, they only scored seven points. Like, Wagner is a pretty bad team. Uh, but Buffalo had some really good play. I mean, they, they man, they had a, 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 they have a couple wide receivers that are, could potentially be a problem, and Jovan, Giovanni Ruiz and Key and Williams. I'm terrible with names, but I'm guessing that's how you say those names. Giovanni. Uh, Giovanni had a touchdown, had their, had one of their touchdowns, and Key and Williams had 96 yards receiving, and they really didn't throw that much. Uh, I believe they only threw a total of like uh, 15 times or something like that. They didn't throw very often. Uh, but their running was impressive. They ran the ball really well. They had, I mean, Justin, I th- I'll give you credit for this, this stat, but they had three running backs with over 13 carries. Uh, none of them had over 100 yards, but they had seven rushing touchdowns. Seven. And they had one, two, three guys with one touchdown and two guys with two touchdowns. So, I mean, the running was good. Like, uh, Nebraska's going to have to really figure out how to stop the run against these guys because it was pretty damn impressive what they did. Tyler, what do you see out of this Buffalo team? Well, yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll kind of leave my Wagner stats alone. I feel like I did as much research on Wagner because when you see that score, it scares you. Like, and, and I guess when I talk about Buffalo, Buffalo, we I remember talking about Buffalo before the coaching change, okay? Like, this was a game that there was a little bit of fear about. And then you had the coaching change. And then you bring in a new coach who had never been a Division One coach for defensive coordinator, uh, Maurice uh, Lindquist from Michigan, who comes in in the spring. So he doesn't even really get a full season, really get to know. And, and then you have 10 transfers out of Buffalo, and you're kind of like, okay, this is going to be a gimme game. And then all of a sudden they score 69 points and hold their opponent to under 100 yards total offense. They didn't have to punt once. Like, and now you're sitting there back and like, well, shit, is Buffalo going to test Nebraska? And I think they might. And, and Derek, you hit on the running game. I mean, I think it starts with Kevin Marks. He has scored a touchdown in his last six games. He was on the preseason Maxwell and Dokes uh, watch list. Like, he is a player. Um, and our running game, while it looked pretty, a uh, run defense looked pretty good against uh, Fordham for whatever it's worth. It, it wasn't great against Illinois, and you kind you kind of got to be a little bit worried about what Buffalo can do on Saturday. And this is just a typical like trip up game for Nebraska. Nebraska has not won back to back games since Illinois and Northern Illinois in the beginning of the 2019 season. Derek, here let me throw this out there because you were talking about punts. Uh, they didn't punt at all. We punted twice against FCS, but I want to talk about the uh, punt returns because uh, Nebraska, we haven't fared well with punt returns. Uh, we're averaging one yard returning <laughs> a game. One yard in punt returns a game. We had one yard against Illinois and one yard here. Uh, Fordham, I think, or I'm sorry, not Fordham. Buffalo, they had like 68 yards uh, in punt returns last week. 66 yards. 
uh, a 19-yarder and a 26-yarder. They could run the ball. Of course, here's the thing, you know, it was against Wagner, you know. So any stats that they put up, you know, it's kind of like in Nebraska. You know, we're not going to put up similar stats. We're not going to get 600 yards total offense against this team. Well, are we? No, but... <laughs> but could, could we do could, could, your could face we, made it sound like that it was possible well, <laughs> you it, said no <laughs> I, I mean it, I would have said it was possible until I saw them hold the Wagner team to under 100 yards like I, again and, and look that that is very impressive really honestly for I don't care who you're playing like told them under 100 yards there was only one other team in, in all of FBS that held a team under 100 yards this weekend, and that was Kentucky. I don't remember who they played, but I don't think they played anybody great either. But but that is impressive. Uh, but back to your special teams, Justin. I mean, you talk about the returns. And I'll admit that that wasn't good. But let's also admit that, you know, we've looked really good on kickoffs. We're not giving up returns because we're getting touchbacks. We're, we're giving up – we're getting touchbacks almost 87% of the time this year compared to the 30% we got last year. Uh, so that's that's much improved. Connor Culp had a really shitty first game. Looked absolutely great again in this game. I mean, he only had to kick one field goal, but he was right down the middle on all of his extra points. So I mean, that makes me feel a lot better. Uh, you talked about punter not kicking it 50 yards, but one of them was inside the 20, so I'll take that every time. And the other one was a 40-yard punt. So I, it's not perfect, but... I'm not going to crap on the guy this week after having a decent game. Well, what's intriguing about this Buffalo matchup is Scott Frost has come out and said that he is going to keep Cam Taylor Britt back in punt return. And there was a lot of Husker Nation that really was not happy about that announcement. And and I do think you need to take that with a grain of salt because I do think if Oliver Martin is healthy, you will see him back on punt return. Um, the depth chart alludes to that. But I will actually say I like that Frost is keeping Cam Taylor Britt back there. And I know he's made two really bad decisions. And, you know, you you don't want to say it's three strikes, you're out. But, like, last year he was an effective returner. And I do think there was a reason people like Phil Steele had him as an all-conference punt returner. Like, I think he has that ability. Um, I I don't know. It's yet to be determined if this is going to be a good decision or not. I'll tell you, if he screws up another punt return, you will see fans point to frost like this was a really bad decision i but i i still do i think that he i understand where frost is coming from like i think that he has the ability to make a play and i think that's what camp taylor Britt is doing i think he's trying so hard to make a play he is making bad decisions instead of letting the game come to him hopefully against buffalo i would like to see him back there for a punt return and get a chance to like i would love him to take one to the house saturday I mean, we're we're not returning the ball anyway, so you might as well just get a guy in there that can catch the ball and not turn the ball over. I mean, yeah. it's, it, you just got to go the safest way now because you're not returning anything through two games. Well, the problem is, is you had Brody Belt come in for relief of Cam Taylor Britt, and then he, he bubbled, and one. then he bubbled one. So, I mean, I if I'm the coaches this week at practice, like I'm fine with Cam Taylor Britt taking snaps. But I, I'm fielding Alante Brown back there. I'm putting Xavier Betts. I'm putting Ramir Johnson. Whoever you think can field the punt. If, if it, Oliver Martin was in a boot, I would still put him back there. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I think Oliver Martin is going to be the primary punt returner. I, I, I do believe that. 
um, if he's healthy and yet to be determined if he's going to be healthy. All right. So back to Buffalo, uh, their quarterback, he's a junior and through seven games last year, he threw over 1300 yards, seven touchdowns, three interceptions. He threw pretty through decent against Wagner. Again, they didn't need to do a lot because they were already up 42, nothing at the half in that game. But this is an experienced quarterback, and you know he's got some weapons around him. This this is good. this could be a really interesting game. I'm a what I'm a little bit worried about is their defensive line uh, against our offensive line in that matchup. It's this could be. I mean, our our guys are really gonna have to man up in this one. We got to get some good holes, and maybe if Marquis Step, if he is starting. You know, it, it, maybe uh, like Gabe Irvin, he's just not seeing the lanes properly or something. I mean, Marquis Step seems like he's got better vision. You know, again, that was against Fordham, but he played well against Illinois. Well, it, it, I don't think it's just vision, Justin. I think it's like the it's a little things. Like I think where running backs really show their value is when you can take a six run into a ten yard run because you cut just a tad bit. Or you have a negative one-yard loss because you're supposed to be blown up, and then you find a way to duck your shoulder the right way, and you get to that one-yard gain. Like, and he can't break tackles. Well, Gabe Irvin can't because he yeah. runs straight yeah. into the guy. Like he, he, doesn't, he doesn't move. He doesn't do anything. Um, but you talked about that defensive line. One of the names to watch out for is Taylor Riggins. He has 15-and-a-half career sacks um, at Buffalo. Like, and he's going to be going against what perceives to be Turner Corcoran most of the game. You have a, I guess, redshirt freshman is what we're going to call him at this point. I'm really bad at these freshmen, what to call him school. He's making his fourth career start. Like he, He's a super freshman. He's a super freshman. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I do think there is a, you know, we've seen our pass rush break down a little bit. He could get after the quarterback. I, I don't know if he'll catch Adrian, but like... I mean, he may flush some plays out a little bit, and you start re- erupting uh, our backfield. I think it, we are going to need the run game to keep them honest on Saturday. Derek? No, I, Tyler said it well. I, I agree. I think you're going to have to come up with some quick passes. Uh, I think you're going to have to – Tyler, like you said, Tyler's, Tyler, we're going to have to keep – the run game's going to have to keep them honest. Uh, like we can't just have them blitzing every play, but – uh, you know, another again, another way to do that is some quick passes. I know Nebraska fans just love the swing passes and the dump-offs. But in this situation, <laughs> if they're... <laughs> yes! Tyler's celebrating over here. I, I was sitting there thinking that this week. I'm like, we haven't really seen a swing pass this year. We saw some wide receiver passes. And by the way, last week, one just note is every wide receiver pass was a forward pass still, even though it was in the backfield. So Adrian stopped the throwing it four yards behind the line of scrimmage. He was leading Torrey in those routes. But but I was thinking this would be a really good game to see Marquis Step, Irvin, Morrison on swing passes. I think this is a game that we can get to the outside. Our wide receivers have blocked very well this year. I actually wouldn't mind seeing, I mean, I don't want to see an Iowa 2019 where we run 32 swing passes, but five, six swing passes on Saturday. I wouldn't mind seeing a couple wide receivers. I, I wouldn't mind seeing a little of that on Saturday. Sorry, Derek. <laughs> no, I, I, I just, that's what I was alluding to. Like, you don't want to overdo it, obviously, but yeah. yeah. I, think, I think we can get some on the outside. He, 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 even some quick slants that we used to see with Wondell a lot. 
You know, get some Moritori on a little open field. Get him a, a little slant pass across the middle. Let him make a play. Well, Oliver Martin, I would, or, and maybe he's back in the lineup. Omar Manning, same thing. Like, I'll tell you what, Omar Manning could have a field day Saturday. Like, I, I'm, I'm not quite calling him my breakout player on offense, but he, he, I've just, I am like, I've been impressed with what he's done, and I feel like. Man, I, I feel like against a smaller secondary, he just could really make some plays. So it's interesting you bring that up because they they released a depth chart for the first time this year. And Omar Manning is second on the depth chart behind Wyatt Lever in there. Uh, what do you make of that, Tyler? I don't agree with that. I, I, I think Omar has outplayed him. Now, Omar I mean, Man, the fans didn't put out the depth chart. It came from the coaches. No, I understand it. I understand it. I think Omar's outplayed him. Um, I don't agree with that decision. I will say though, it's still early in the year, and Omar is doing the right things on the field on Saturday. Um, you know, maybe these are some shots against the brow to get him to do the right things during Monday through Friday, and. Ultimately, the snaps are there for Omar. He took a lot of snaps against Illinois. He, he took the second most on Saturday. Like You want to not start him to prove a point to him. This is another good game to kind of do that. But come Oklahoma, I really am hoping at this point he overtakes Lever as a starting wide receiver. Because I think he is a better wide receiver. You know, he was still getting reps late in uh, the fourth quarter against Fordham. He was still getting reps out there. He, I, he was. I thought that was odd that he was still out there, but uh, but again, when they're rotating all the guys, eh, fair point. I I, th- I think the biggest thing to me on this depth chart is: Are we running a five-two defense all of a sudden? Yeah, because we have we have a nose tackle and two defensive tackles and two defensive ends on the depth chart. With two inside linebackers. You know what? I There's no outside linebackers listed on this depth They chart. have Garrett Nelson. They have all these guys moved to defensive end. and Yeah. Caleb Tannerfield, Darius Payne, Garrett Nelson, Damian Jackson. I, like, I don't get it. I mean, it, and Frost has never referred to them as defensive ends. I, like, that's a qu- never. Like, that's a question but, I would love them to ask that was, Shenander or something. It's like, that was the, why? That was the first thing that stuck out to me, like a sore thumb. I was like, Defensive end. I haven't seen defensive end on a depth chart in three or four years. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. I don't get it. Um, I mean, obviously the outside backer. Yeah, he's got Joe. He's got JoJo listed as a nickelback. Like, yeah, that's a whole different conversation. But yeah, I mean, th- there is a um, yeah a, a weird depth chart. Like I, again, I, and it seems like he. JoJo has referred so, to more of a nickelback than he has outside backer. He ha- he has, but does that mean he's that we're not going to see a lot of JoJo in this game? Because I, I don't see them throwing the ball a ton to where we're going to need a five defensive backs out there. I, I don't know. I, I, again, I think these are questions, and I th- and again, I think Buffalo. We, we, we'll get to a score predictions, but I think Buffalo can run the ball against us. Um, I. I I'm going to kind of take this to God. If, if I had to circle one guy on defense this weekend, like the guy that I think that is most critical for us to have a big game is Luke Reimer. Like he had a pretty good freshman campaign. He's not been great as a guy who I thought was going to be our number one inside backer. Kind of looking at that depth chart, looking at what I expect Buffalo to do. Like he is a guy that like 
I don't, I don't want to say in order for us to win, but like he is the guy. Like he is the number one most important defender for me on Saturday. If he has a great game, like we can win this game by a couple scores. If he plays like he has been, this could be a dogfight. Well, let's get into the score predictions here. Uh, Tanner, how do you see this one playing out, and what's your score prediction? I, I think this is going to be a very tight game going into halftime. Um, I, I, Nebraska just, you know, we came out slow last week. Um, I think this is a game that Oklahoma's on the rise, and I, I could definitely see this scare um, the Huskers that come out slow. I do think in the second half, our defense kind of finds his rhythm and really shuts him down. And I, However, I do think Buffalo scores like a late touchdown that really pucker butts. Um, so I got Nebraska winning 28-24. to 28-24. Wow. Uh, Derek? I don't have it quite that close, but but I, I do agree. I think it'll be a game going into halftime. Well, I think it'll be a game even towards the end, but... Uh, I could see Nebraska even still struggle maybe a little bit in the third quarter. But I think by fourth quarter, they kind of start taking care of it a little bit. Uh, this, team, this team does scare me. It, re- it really does. See, seeing the way they can run the ball, I, our run defense is improving, and they continue to improve, but they still haven't proven they can actually shut down a, run, a running offense like this. And so I think they're going to score some points on us a little bit. But I, I don't think it's going to be overboard. I got Nebraska in 31-21. Right, so this was really hard for me. Because, uh, you know, I had scenarios running through my head where it could be a three-point game or Nebraska could blow them out by three touchdowns. You know, and all in between. I've gone back and forth on this. Uh, but now that I know that Tyler is going to be at the game on Saturday, I have to really think about what my score prediction is. It's it's going to be a tough game whether or not Tyler's there or not, but having Tyler there is just that added pressure. Uh, but no, I think Nebraska, they're going to get it done 31-27. Uh, I'm with you guys. This is going to be one that I'll, I'll probably be on my feet the entire game. Uh, God dang it, it, it. It's going to be scary. It, it'll be fun. Uh I don't Derek, want it to be. Derek, what was your close. score prediction, Derek? Thirty-one twenty-one. Yeah, I I, I will say this. Um, I, I was thinking about this scenario. It's a thirteen and a half point spread. What would be a more surprising result to you? Nebraska covers or Nebraska loses? I don't know. I mean, I, I can see either happening. I I would say Nebraska losing yeah. would be more surprising. Like I. I can't see us losing this game, I, but I could see a scenario where the Wagner game was just what we are hoping right now, and it's, God, Wagner's just the worst team in the world, and that's what Buffalo did it, because if you would have asked me like what I thought we were going to win by a, three weeks ago, like I would have said by four touchdowns, and, and I'm really thinking that I'm hoping we get back to that 17-21 point victory. Here, here, here's my biggest scare. I, I feel this is a trap game. Yeah, Oklahoma coming up next. You're coming off of a a big win. I mean, it's not over a big team, but it was a blowout where we looked per, where we looked good. And, and, and unfortunately, as much as I love Scott Frost, and I and I will continue to back Scott Frost for as long as he's here, uh, he he hasn't done well with back to back good games. 
And so I think that's why it scares me as much as it does is I could see us putting up a turd and, you know, oh, we had a bad week of practice. We were looking ahead to Oklahoma. Of course, Scott Frost won't admit that we were looking ahead to Oklahoma, but he'll just say we had a bad week of practice. But but at the end of the day, I mean, it, a loss here wouldn't surprise me. Like, it just wouldn't shock me anymore. Uh, I, I don't know. The, the way that the fan base is right now, I don't think they would be very, you know, receptive of a loss at this point. Oh, especially, absolutely not. Especially to Buffalo. I mean, this is... You can't, you can't lose to a MAC team when you're four. Like, you can't. Yeah, it's... And, and and this and this may be the game that writes Scott Frost check to get this get the f out of here. Like, but again, I just I just think that Nebraska. Will I, I hate to say I hate to say that. I hope they do. I really do, and I think they will. I but again, I think it's, like Nebraska just has not done well after a big game after winning big. Like we destroy a team, then the next week it's like we play like shit. It's like they just celebrate all week long. Yeah, we kicked their ass, and then forget to play in the next week. It's, it's happened too much under Frost. The fans are going to have to get behind them uh, big time at this game. And there were times last week, Fordham, I mean, the fans were loud. They got loud in that stadium. And so hopefully you know, they'll need the fans behind them again this this time too. And it's a 2.30 kickoff, so they should be liquored up pretty decent by the time kickoff gets there. Uh, any final thoughts on Buffalo? Well, let's just hope Tyler gets too liquored up to be at the game. Oh, man. Guys. Tyler, Tyler if, <laughs> if, 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 if Nebraska loses, will you cease going to any Nebraska games in person? I don't know. I mean, <laughs> I just, I, I get, here. here's what I'm hoping. Because, like, last week, just kind of my last thing on this. Is last week Nebraska exceeded all of our expectations against Florida, and I'm really hoping that we get back here next week and man, you know Nebraska wins this game 34 to 10, and like I would love to see a score like that. And then all of a sudden, because I think that I don't want to say it flips the narrative because it certainly doesn't. It's Buffalo. We will we won't make anything of it. But if, if we can do that and cover a spread uh, and the fact that, Justin, you don't think we're going to cover and you are the kiss of death, I would hope you bet on Buffalo. I'm kind of rooting for that. Like, talk about me. You guys like, don't have Nebraska covering either. So, I understand uh, that. But like, but but last week, none of us did. And they, they scored four over. They, they did. They covered the game last week. So yeah. I'm just, I'm hoping, like, we come back next week and we're in the right position. Um, but everything Derek said, like why this game scares me, like I think Buffalo will shorten the game. I don't think we're going to get a lot of offensive possessions. Um, I still think there's too much doubt at what they're going to do at running back rotation. I, I just think that there is enough negatives that are going to slow us down offensively and they're going to put up enough points. It, but if our defense can stop them, whoo. I'm gonna feel a little bit. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say we have a shot against Oklahoma. I can feel it already. I got to win the turnover battle in this one. This is this is competitive enough where you can't give away cheap turnovers. You know, uh, like last week. I mean, it's you. You have to take care of the ball. Uh, they'll. 
I think the well, they still they still won the turnover battle last and week. And one was with Logan Smothers, who if we see Logan Smothers on Saturday, either things went really bad or really good. So, well, you know that's the other thing. You know, you you were talking about Adrian Martinez uh, running eight times last week and like four were designed runs. Is that what you said? Is that the stat? I, I, I think that's what it was. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I don't want to see him run a lot against Buffalo because they will hit a hell of a lot harder than Fordham. <laughs> yeah, I think this is a 10-carry game for him, right? I think this is, if you keep it at 10 carries, I think that's probably the benchmark for him at this point. I actually, another thing I really wanted to see, I want to see the fullback this game. I think this is a really good game to fuck with Oklahoma. Y'all yeah, yeah, baby. I, I'm telling you, I think this is a game. Let's give Oklahoma, and I, it, let's give Oklahoma did, one more thing to prepare and let's throw out let's throw out Yon in the um in the fullback can, five six plays. Can we can we give that man a little credit? He's a fridge. Like, dude, he came in and looked impressive. He was breaking tackles, running backwards. I, I, again, like put hit that dude looked impressive. I he he's not going to be your every down no. back, but but man, he's got to be a, he's got to get into that short yardage situation back kind of, kind of thing because. He is just a bruiser. Like you don't want nobody wants to tackle that guy. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 even Gr- Greenhagen had, stro- had troubles tackling him. I don't know. Maybe it was because he already had twenty eight tackles. But I mean, he even struggled to tackle the guy. Like nope, nobody was tackling. I, I will him. tell you, you put that that formation. You go I, and then you put in uh, step in the backfield. Like that. That's a bruising offense. That will really wear on a team as the game goes on. I, the more fascinating thing, we saw a little bit of the outside option with uh, the wide receiver. I was kind of thinking the same thing. Like you start running a little bit of triple option again. You don't want to overdo it, but just just give Oklahoma just a little bit more to game plan. I, I, I would just I don't care. I don't even care who you put behind yet. Even if you're not handing the ball off to yet. I don't want that guy blocking me either. Yeah, like let him be. Let him be a lead blocker. Just run some ISOs with him. Do you guys get like that eye formation a little bit? Do you guys like Toure uh, when they run the option? Do you like the option to him? I do. I think he's looked impressive. I don't love uh, Adrian Martinez's pitches to him. Oh, really? I think. I mean, they've 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 worked out well, but God. Dang it, he throws the ball 15 yards to get it to uh-huh. him. And he holds it late every single time he waits for contact. I can handle that. I can handle wow. that. But he's flipping it to him 15 yards. That's just begging for a fumble right or there. He hasn't Inception. run one yet either, has he? No. But but just to answer the question, I, I what I one of my things is I don't know about like Ramir Johnson to me and maybe uh Marvin Scott, who are our fourth and fifth running back. I don't know if Step, um, may, maybe Sevian Morris. I guess maybe. I just don't know if we have the perimeter speed to run that play a ton. Like I don't know how Marquis Step would run doing that option. Like I don't know if he's going to have the speed, and I don't know if you trust Gabe Irvin on that pitch. Like I don't know that. that but you, but I think you do a Sevian Morris. Yeah, thing. maybe well, him. It, it makes you wonder if the coaches don't trust any of the running backs and that's why they keep running with two ray again to keep say keep running is it is a pretty big exaggeration he had three carries it's not this wasn't what he had two and against illinois right i i that you i don't you have to fact check that but um 
but this isn't this isn't Wandale Robinson 2.0. Like we are far from Wandale Robinson. They're not running them in the tackles. Um, you know, I, I think this is a far cry from Wandale Robinson 2.0 situation with running the ball. If if, right. if Tory starts running in the tackles, I will. I I that that should never happen. No no no. I'm just I'm just talking uh, on the, with the option. All right, let's. Uh, we got to breeze through some games of the week here. Quick standings. Just, just, just real quick. Tory did. Tory did have uh, two carries against Illinois. Against Illinois. I fact checked it for you. Uh-huh. All right. So yeah. All right. So last week, me and Tanner we went four and two. Derek, you're in last place with three and three. Uh, I gave it to you. I I picked Miami of all. By God. I mean, come on. You're I just handed you guys the lead. I, I wanted to. I wanted to take a step back and get a running start. You, you know, you you were high on that Miami pick for weeks, and you were wrong. Yeah, hey, I'll, I'll admit I was wrong. That was bad. It was a bad pick. But I really honestly thought the the experience of Miami would at least put up a game against Alabama, and they did. Uh, hey, while we're talking about last week's games, do you guys uh, change your opinion on Indiana and uh, Iowa at this point? Uh, Indiana for sure. Can he play that bad? Can Phoenix play that bad again? Like, I mean, was, could this Penix. be Phoenix? Um, Penix. I'm going to call him Phoenix. Hey, you know, when Phoenix gets hard, like things go crazy. And um, <laughs> no, I mean, like he can't play that bad. He can't play that bad. Like, could this be a little bit of he just came back from an ACL tear and just played just because Iowa's offense was not impressive. I don't. I don't remember. I don't know what the stat line is. I, we didn't do any research, but it was like three hundred and eighty yards total offense for Iowa. Like it wasn't overly impressive. They had two pick sixes. I mean, could that game just be summed up that he just played? I mean, he has the worst pass rating in the Big Ten. Like, if he's that bad, then I've changed my opinion. But I, I do expect him to rebound to some capacity um, as the season goes on. I mean, I had uh, Iowa going ten and two this year, and they're looking stout, man. I mean, they, they look like they impressive. look like the, they're the leaders in the West. Yeah, yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm. I mean, I, yeah, I'll admit that. But I, I just, I, man, I will tell you what, I had Indiana finishing strong third, and I mean, maybe even pushing for second place in the in the East. And right now, I, I'm not convinced they're a six and sixteen. We'll talk a little bit more about Iowa here in a minute, but oh yeah, we got a good game. So let's get into these games of the week here. Uh, first game here is we're going to do Ohio State at Oregon or Ohio State Oregon. Ohio State they're fourteen and a half point favorites. Uh, Tyler, what do you think? And I apologize, I, I can't find my notes. Um, but Oregon had a big injury last week. One of their the arguably the best pass rusher in the country goes down with an injury last week for them. He does he's questionable for Ohio State, and I can't think of the guy's name. Um, I I thought Ohio State was going to win this game weeks ago. I I know they didn't blow the top off Minnesota, but I didn't expect them to. I actually called that. A, I thought Minnesota was going to be a one possession game, so they kind of exceeded my expectations. I think that C.J. Stroud's got a little bit under him without that Oregon pass rusher. Um, I think they, they just take full advantage, and I like Ohio State to win this game by a couple scores. 
Eric? Here's the thing. Like, everybody wants to talk about OSU struggling against Minnesota. Minnesota looked good in that game. Uh, Losing Mo Ibrahim is going to kill them in the long run, I think. Uh, But at the end of the day, they they played a good game. Tanner Morgan did not look overly impressive. But the thing thing about Minnesota was everybody expected their offense to be good, and their offense was good. Uh, So it didn't surprise me that they scored some points on on Ohio State. Uh, But at the end of the day, I, I... I don't think Oregon's got enough athletes to keep up with with Ohio State. I, I have a feeling this is where Ohio State probably ends up. I think they'll blow them out. And I think this is where Ohio State gets all the credit they think they deserve and everyone thinks they're the best team in the country yeah. after week two. Uh, I like OSU in this game. By you know, I was actually shocked that the line was 14 and a half. I like it a little bit closer than that, but uh, this is, it's going to be a fun game. Second most entertaining game of the weekend. Uh, the most entertaining game is this one. Uh, Iowa State and Iowa. Iowa State's four and a half point favorites. Derek, do you believe that shit? No, I absolutely cannot believe that shit. It's absurd to me. This is stupid. I don't know what Vegas is thinking. I don't think this is even that close of a game. I'm not sure if it's the most entertaining game. I think Iowa destroys them. After after Iowa State struggled against Northern Iowa, and don't give me that shit they were looking past them for Iowa. You don't look past your first opponent. I don't buy that. Hey, w- uh, one thing I'll say is Iowa State, they start off slow like every year, though. I mean, their first yeah, game. But, but Matt Campbell's still like 0-5 against Iowa. Yeah. I, I don't, and I don't think after seeing what I'd seen Saturday that all of a sudden that's going to change, especially after seeing what I've seen out of Iowa. So I I, th- I think Iowa wins fairly big. I don't know. I, I'm not convinced Iowa State even keeps us in the same ballpark. Tanner? Why? Well, wholeheartedly disagree. So let's just say, first of all, those buildings in Vegas didn't get big and pretty and expensive by not knowing what the fuck they're talking about. So <laughs> I, I, I think they're on to something there. Secondly, any chance I could pick against Iowa, I will do it. Uh and thirdly, I, I, I'm with Justin. He talked about Iowa State starts off slow. And, you know, last year they lose to Louisiana uh, Lafayette and they end up having a really good year. I, I I like Iowa State in this game. Wow. I, I like Iowa. Again, I, I'm, I'm rolling with Iowa until they prove me wrong. Uh, wasn't a fan last week. I was disappointed in Matt Campbell and Iowa State. I know that they started off slow, but... That's pretty ridiculous right there. When let Northern Iowa stick around that long with a chance. I mean, they were in it to the end. 100%. They went short with, on a fourth down. Uh, but no, give me Iowa. Uh, next game is Utah-BYU. Utah is seven-point favorites. Tyler. I'm going to go Utah in this game. Like BYU is that team that you, you know they're going to play everyone tough. Um, and and you know that they're going to show up. I mean, it's hard to read anything into last week's game with Utah and Weber State, but I, I, I think that Utah is probably in some sort of contendership for the Pac-12 title after Oregon, um, and maybe UCLA now. But like, I, I'm going to go to Utah with very little conviction on this. Utah, all right, Derek. 
I, I you know, I, I really didn't know which way to go with this one. This is a tough game. Uh, I, I think this is probably a good possibility of being one of the best games on this on the slot here. I, I, I think BYU, I, I think they can pull the upset. Like I, Utah did struggle last week, and I, I BYU looked impressive last week. I thought. So I'm, I'm going to go BYU in this one. I took Utah. I mean, I have no basis for it. I mean, I don't really watch Pac-12. I don't watch BYU. West Coast teams, I don't really pay attention to. Uh, East Coast homer. And and Utah did not struggle. They won 40-17. to 17. I mean. But you look at what was the halftime score. Like It was 20-7. to seven. for a while. It was, it, was, it was the same as the Nebraska. I mean, it was. Tw- they, they were struggling. They were struggling for a while, and they, they, they pulled away in the second What did half. Utah play? Weber State. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I'm still and I would say 20, I would say 20 to 7 at halftime is struggling a little bit against that team. Like, Well, then what, what the hell? Nebraska was up 24-7 over an FCS Let's opponent, move on. Let's move on, Basher. <laughs> and, and we said it. We struggled a little bit in the first half. And they, I mean... All right, uh, Washington, Michigan, uh, Michigan six and a half point favorites. Tyler, I, I, you know, Frost made a comment after the Illinois game said, "I feel like we've seen this movie, and I feel like we've seen this movie with Michigan. Like, I Michigan looked really good against West Michigan. I, and I know it's easy to scoff. It's Western Michigan. What does that mean? Like, they looked better than I thought they would against that team." Vice versa, Washington looked better or looked terrible and lost to Montana. However, just last year, this same scenario presented itself. And then Michigan, they just went in and beat Minnesota, destroyed them. And then they lay a turd. I I think they're going to lay a turd against Washington. Like, there is nothing I saw last weekend that's going to, like, prove this. But I'm going to go Washington beats Michigan Saturday. Dark. Man, I can't disagree with you more, Tyler. I don't think after, after losing to Montana, I don't know where they're even at. I, like, where is their where's their psyche at right now? And you're going to go on the road to Michigan. I, I, you're going to the big house, man. I, I I don't see it ending well for you there. I, I just really don't. I, I think Michigan wins fairly easily. Yeah. So when we did our preseason rankings, or not preseason rankings, or Preseason predictions. This was a game that I thought Michigan was going to lose to. I thought they were going to lose this game against Washington. But after last week, after what Michigan did and what Washington did, I mean, I like Michigan to cover in this game right now. Uh, yeah. If if we if we were doing the best bet segment, I think this would probably be my best bet right here. Disagree. I'm, it might be my best bet too for Washington. Again, I, I'm not – like, Michigan – okay, they played – You two should just bet each other. Yeah. Bet each other a round of golf. <laughs> well, hey, all I need is Derek to come up to Ashland. All right. Hey, you, you know your way to Grand Island, too. That's fair. Okay. Uh, I'm sorry. I, I cut you off. I mean, you're – what were you saying? I, I, I just – I get it. I everything you guys say. If you just base it off last weekend, like I get it. It just like I'm still not convinced. Like all the turmoil that Michigan has gone through with their coaches, like I know it looks bad. I know it just 
feels like it's almost too good to be true for Harbaugh right now this weekend. And I, I just, I, I, I really, they may not win. Mich- Washington may not win. I, they will play Michigan close. I am as confident in that as anything I've said on this podcast tonight. Well, the shitty part about this whole thing is since Washington lost last week, I mean, Jim Harbaugh, he doesn't even get the fruits of that, you know, of like that win, you know? Yeah. If they, if they beat him by two touchdowns, well, nobody's going to say, yeah, Jim Harbaugh, you kick ass. It's like, well, they lost to an FCS team. Last that's year. fair. Jeff. I mean, that, that's a great point. When you, because, again, you, you walked into this season with no coach in the Big Ten being on a hotter seat than Harbaugh. And you know you, you know you you start dialing up the points. They, they go seven eight wins. Like this isn't going to be a feather in his cap if they win this game. Like, yeah. And if Washington, if they're they're in a tailspin, and if, if they know? win, and, and God forbid they win, like that that's the Monday headline I'm looking forward to. Maybe I just really want chaos. I want to see Washington win and Michigan just burn the shit to the ground. Because I'll tell you this much, as much as I worry about Frost getting fired at Nebraska, Harbaugh getting fired at Michigan would be a f- idiot move. Like, I don't know what Michigan does after getting rid of Harbaugh. Yeah, yeah you're, you're right. I mean, that. Uh, well, I guess they can't Lane Kiffin him since it's uh, they're in, at Michigan. But you lose to Washington after what they did. Man, that, that's not good. That is not good for Jim Harbaugh. Anyway, uh, last game here. Uh, Texas, six-and-a-half-point favorites over Arkansas. Derek, how do you see it? I, t- I tell you, Arkansas looked pretty good this last weekend, but I don't, I don't think they have it. I t- Texas, I still, I'm still not convinced it's a great team, but they still have more talent. And Sarkeesian will find a way to get past them. But I think it could be a close game. You're taking Texas? Yes. Tyler? A future conference matchup. Um, yeah, Arkansas looked okay last weekend. They played Rice. Um, Luke McCaffrey did see some snaps last weekend. Wasn't anything noteworthy um, as a late transfer. 10. Yeah, as a transfer in. Um, Justin thought Texas was going to lose. I, I, I think Texas is a little bit better than Arkansas at this point. I do think this is a competitive game. Texas wins this game. Yeah, so I picked Louisiana over Texas last week, and watching that game, man, I was shocked. that Texas, they got a good team, and I think Louisiana is a good team also. But Texas just, God, they beat the hell out of them. And I thought they would have a little bit of a drop-off, you know, a new coach and and all that, but Which, God, they I mean, and really, with all, with all the four stars or five stars that Texas has, they should have dominated that. Yeah, game. but you know what? I mean, you can say that about every single year, though, and they just don't. They get coaches fired, is what happens. They have all that talent, and they I mean, don't I win. Get it? You know, uh, under Strong or Herman, they might have lost this damn game. Well, but they came out and they were dialed into this game. You talk about Texas last weekend, and. You know, I, I, you know, I think we we ACC looked like garbage. Pac twelve looked bad. Like, I mean, with if UCLA doesn't beat LC, LSU, I mean, it's it's bad for the Pac twelve. But this is the easily the best, and even with Oklahoma and Iowa State struggling, this is easily the best the Big Twelve has looked. 
under the college football playoff. Like, it is a, I mean, it is a, well, I say that, then I just remember West Virginia lost to uh, Maryland, which would have lost that one. But yeah, I mean, it, maybe I'm just writing too much into Texas because I thought they were going to be the fourth best team in that conference, but like. Texas Tech with the uh, big come from behind win at uh, Houston. Houston was up like three touchdowns, weren't they? I, I bet on Texas Tech in that game. Did you really? Yeah. I bet you were sweating bullets for a while. I, I was. I was. What was the line on that uh, game anyway? Uh, Houston was favored by a, I think two and a half or three and a half. Really? Man, I just didn't. I just didn't see Houston beating them, and I, I got lucky. <laughs> there ain't no doubt about it. I got lucky. It was Houston did a lot better against them than I thought they would. Well, it was a great week one of football, except for you know. The Georgia Clemson game, the game that we thought was going to be the uh, the nightcap. What a shithole game! It was unwatchable. Was. Yeah, it, it was. was unwatchable. I I watched at best five minutes of that game. I watched a lot of that game, and it was. I mean, I fell asleep. I woke up. I'm like, oh, I took a nap. It must be a, like something must have happened. Oh wait, I, nothing has happened. I had two. It's it's so funny because. I seen on Twitter where everybody was uh, bashing ESPN and <clears throat> a lot of other people about how everybody wants to t- how everybody wants to bash the uh, Big Ten, talk about how terrible Wisconsin and Penn State were because that was such a low scoring game, and they turn around watch that Clemson uh, Georgia game. They're like, "Oh, ten to three! What great defenses we just watched!" But it wasn't even that great a defense. Like it was just shit. Like. Yeah. Every time, every time I turned to it, there was nothing but shit going on. I had two TVs going on at night during the games, and neither one of those two TVs was at, on the Clemson-Georgia game. I, I moved one to the Illinois game, the other one to the Purdue game. I mean, those were much more entertaining than what I saw oh, there. Oh, man. That, that Illinois game was fun to watch. Yeah. It really was. And, I, and I, I, felt myself, I found myself rooting very hard for Illinois. And it didn't happen, but Tyler was rooting hard for Illinois too after his uh, little bold statements last week. <laughs> Hence the twenty-eight, twenty-four uh, Nebraska victory this Saturday. If Illinois looked better, I might might have given us uh, uh, another touchdown. But uh, Illinois did not give me much more confidence for my Huskers. So thanks a lot, Kurt. That was that was, that was pretty disappointing right there. Uh, but all right, well. Uh, we don't have a great slate of games, but there's a few games in here that are uh, pretty solid, so we'll be watching those. Let's go Cyclones. Uh, no. Well, I'm, I'm not going to – yeah. I'm, I'm not even going <laughs> to say anything. We're going to say go Big Red only. Uh, special thanks to our producer, Connor Russell, for putting this audio together for us. Be sure to follow the Husker Cuscast on Twitter, at Husker Cuscast. Like us on Facebook. Look for episodes anywhere you get your podcast. Hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to rate, review, and share. On behalf of Derek and Tyler, we want to thank everybody for listening. As always, go Big Red.